Amen. We're going to uh, be speaking, we started out last month uh, in the book of Hebrews, the second chapter, and uh, we brought two messages uh, in that book of Hebrews. We brought two messages um, from Hebrews uh, last month, and we're going to uh, be doing this third message on today. And so we've got the scripture there, Hebrews 2, 1 through 2. And uh, it's from the Christian Standard Bible. If you're looking in your Bibles, it might read just a little differently. And uh, we're going to uh, begin reading there. It says, we must therefore pay even more attention to what we've heard so that we will not drift away. For if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was first spoken by the Lord and confirmed to us by those that heard him. And at the same time, God also testified by signs and wonders, various miracles and distributions of gifts from the Holy Spirit according to his word. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word, Hebrews 2, verses 3 and 4. And uh, we've already spoken, and as I said, we brought two messages uh, from that uh, passage here in the book of Hebrews. Uh, We talked about the uh, uh, danger of neglect a few weeks ago. And uh, we uh, also uh, spoke in an earlier message about the danger of drifting. Amen. The danger of drifting. And uh, on today... As we look at this passage of scripture, I may mention that I was going to get into uh, what it says. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? And so that's what we're going to talk about on today. What is so great about our salvation? Can you say that with me? What's so great about our salvation? And... I'm not going to be able to do a a comprehensive message uh, because our salvation is so great. Uh, We could take take the rest of this year talking about our salvation. And, uh, amen, I know my time is limited today. And uh, so uh, this is not a comprehensive message, but we're going to... Uh, talk about a few things in relation to what's so great about our salvation. And as we uh, think about uh, that subject, I'd like to have the statement, I've got the statement up on the screen, too many people treat their salvation just like a kid would treat a Christmas toy. They spend a lot of time with it for the first few days, and then they lay it aside and disregard it. And, you all, and, and in fact, you know, there's some of you that if you got small kids, uh, some of you can attest to the fact that uh, you buy them the toy and sometimes they'll end up playing with the box more so than with the toy. And, you know, there's a spiritual application to that uh, as well. I believe that there are people uh, today, a, a religious people that are playing with the box of their salvation rather than uh, uh, embracing uh, with, with, with full recognition and understanding, amen, what God has done for them in so great a salvation. Amen. We got box playing Christians. And uh, I won't just take the time, but amen, as you uh, traverse and go forward and backwards, Amen, and amen. go to certain churches, you'll recognize them. And when you see them, you can just say to yourself, they're playing with the box. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. What is so great 
about our salvation. In this message, we're going to look at some of the things that make our salvation great. And uh, the first thing that I think about uh, why our salvation is great, I believe our salvation is great, amen, because of his preparation. Got any cooks in the house? Amen. Any cooks? Any? I don't hear much. I see a few. Amen. All right. All right. All right. I see a few hands coming up. Amen. You, can, can you throw down? <laughs> Hallelujah. Any great cook. See, see, a lot of us, we're so into fast food. And a lot of, a lot of you know, truth be told, a lot of you all are living on fast food. But one thing that I've, I know about fast food, fast food can be filling, to, you know, but a lot of times it won't be good. In order to have good food, good food takes preparation. And, and, and it is in the preparation that makes all of the difference in the world. Amen. That's what makes our salvation great. Amen. Because uh, our salvation, so great a salvation, it was great because of it had great preparation. Amen. God planned it in eternity past. Amen. This isn't, this isn't, amen, some uh, uh, Johnny come lately. This isn't some uh, uh, newfangled thing. Amen. But God in eternity past, amen, uh, planned our salvation. 2 Timothy 1 and 9, uh, there it says, and this is the Christian uh, standard Bible. He says, he have saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Hallelujah. God planned it in eternity past. You see, what happened in the Garden of Eden didn't catch God by surprise. Didn't catch God by surprise. He already had a plan from the foundation of the world. He was working on our great salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. You all with me today? Amen. And not only, amen, is it great because God planned it in eternity past, but Jesus purchased it at Calvary on the cross. Amen. Somebody said, the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my uh, sin rolled away. Amen. At, at, at Jesus purchased it on Calvary's cross. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 3. Amen. It says there, For I passed on to you as most important what I also received. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth. And he's saying, What I received, I'm going to amen, uh, communicate to you, and I'm going to communicate what's important. I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, Christian Standard Bible, amen, That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried according. Amen. He didn't just faint on the cross. He died. Our Savior died. Amen. And was buried. Amen. And uh, not only was he buried, but on the third day, God raised him up. He got up according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. And uh, we get a little closer to Easter, we'll be talking about that. 
But I want you to recognize, I want you to realize that the resurrection, say that with me, the resurrection. resurrection. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. Neighbor. The resurrection resurrection. is your receipt receipt. that God accepted Christ's payment for your sins and mine. Have you got your receipt? Amen. Any of y'all know you can you can buy things, amen, you can buy things at the store, and one of the ways to prove that it's paid for, amen, because there are a lot of places they check you at the door, amen. One of the ways to prove that it's paid for is you got to have your receipt. Hallelujah. Got to have your receipt. Man, I am so glad to know, don't have to wonder, don't have to, amen, be fearful and afraid and wonder, did it work, amen. I know that it worked because the resurrection is our receipt that God accepted Christ's payment for our sins. Hallelujah. That's good news. That's good news. Amen. We're talking about uh, why is our salvation, what's so great about our salvation. Amen. What's so great about our salvation is because of its price. Amen. What makes it great is, uh, amen, its price, the price that was paid so that we could be saved. The price that was paid so that we could be saved. 1 Peter 2 and 24 In 1 Peter 2 and 24, it says there, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sin, we might live for righteousness. You have been healed by his wounds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Talking about the price that was paid. Amen. Peter talks about he himself, Christ himself, Amen. Uh, bore our sins. Where? In his body. On the tree. On the cross. So that having died to sins. We might live for righteousness. He became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God. And you've been healed by his wounds. Hallelujah. You see righteousness is the standard that God requires. Righteousness is the standard that God requires. And, um, uh, and, 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 and uh, you know, it means being in right standing with God. That's another definition of righteousness. Amen. But righteousness, when, when, when God comes back, uh, we can't depend on our good works. We can't depend on our good looks. We can't depend, amen, uh, uh, on anything that we've done. And yet, the standard that God is coming back for is righteousness. It's righteousness. Now, somebody might say, well, you know, that seems a little unfair. That that, that seems a little, that's a hard thing that God is asking. Well, is it? Is it? Let's let's go on the scripture and I'll I'll tell you why uh, I don't believe it is. In Matthew 22 and 9. Uh, Jesus tells the parable uh, about the kingdom of God where this great king is giving a wedding feast for his son. And there were those that were invited and, uh, uh, to come, and when the servants went out to announce that uh, all things were uh, just about ready and the feast was getting ready to take place, the wedding feast, uh, the ones who were invited began to make excuses. One said, I've married a wife, and I can't come. Another one said, I bought land, and I haven't seen it yet. I can't come. Another one said, I bought a yoke of oxen, and I, I, I haven't proved them yet. I can't come. They began to make excuses as to uh, why they couldn't come. You know what? Sometimes the most privileged are the most ungrateful. Sometimes those with the most privilege are the most ungrateful. And so when the servants came back and told the king that uh, the ones that you had invited, they've all been made excuses and as to why they can't come. The king, amen, said, well, I'll tell you what, 
Amen. Uh, my house is going to be full. Go out into the what? The highways and into the hedges and compel men to come. Hallelujah. And uh, in Matthew 22 and 9, it says, Therefore go to where the roads exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants or those slaves went out on the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. And the wedding banquet was filled with guests. But when the king came in to view the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. Didn't have his wedding garment on. And notice what happened. And so he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him up. Hand and foot, and throw him into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that seems that seems a little hard when you read the text if you don't understand the context. Amen. But what Jesus was communicating in this parable, this is a parable talking about the kingdom of God and the wedding feast is the culmination, amen, of the saints in the earth. Amen. Uh, uh, coming to uh, the 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 the, uh, the 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 supper for the lamb, and 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 as he's elaborating on it, Amen. There's somebody that got in but didn't have his wedding garment on, and somebody say, "Well, maybe he was poor, or maybe he was unprepared, or what have you." But to see, he didn't have an excuse because in that time, uh, the dignitaries, the king, Amen. What they would do is they provided the garments for the guests. Amen. Think about it like this. You're invited to a wedding at a big castle, mansion, or something like that, and when you get there, uh, uh, there are attendants there that say, uh, we, 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 we got your clothes already for you. The, the king is already, or the, 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 the uh, host has already got your wardrobe ready for you. Amen. And uh, all you got to do is put it on. All you got to do is put it on. Yeah. That's what they did in those days. They provided the covering. They provided. And so what am I saying? Amen. Remember when I say God's standard is what? Righteousness. God has provided for our righteousness yeah. in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, 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 uh, uh, it's not unfair of God to expect righteousness from us when He's already provided it for us. All we got to do, Amen. Christ paid the price. All we got to do is put it on. Amen. We, I, I, I really appreciate what the pastors aide did for Sister Kim today. Amen. Gave her a beautiful outfit. Presented her with a beautiful outfit. Amen. Now, uh, you wouldn't think very high, uh, you wouldn't think very well of Sister Kim if you heard her later on complaining, I ain't got nothing to wear. I ain't got nothing to wear. Amen. Now, you don't know, amen, maybe what else is in her wardrobe, but you know that she got something to wear. <laughs> because you all provided it for her. Well, what do you think? How does God feel when we say, oh, oh, uh, 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 you expect me to live right? You expect me to do right? Amen. Your standard is righteousness. Amen. That's, that, that's not fair. God said, what do you mean it's not fair? I've already provided it for you. Yes. All right. oh, yes. yeah. Hallelujah. So righteousness is the standard that God requires. And if you are saved, Jesus gave you the ability to turn sin off and righteousness on. Or is anybody listening to me? That's what being saved, amen, a part of being saved, amen, is about. 
Amen. Uh, if you're saved, Jesus has given you the ability to turn sin off and righteousness on. I heard a preacher during the uh, workers' meeting. He was talking about the fact that our salvation and and uh, it, uh, our salvation, our salvation uh, is received in our spirit. Our body is not saved. Our body is not saved. In fact, he said, if you knew how to curse then, you know how to curse now. You know how to hold a joint then. Never held a joint. I'm trying to think. I had candy cigarettes. I don't even know if I ever held a, a real cigarette. Uh, but uh, if you know how to you know how to hold a joint then, and you you know how to hold one now, your body's not saved. God saves us in our spirit. Yes. I, I, we're born again in our spirit. Yes. Our soul is being saved. Yes. Our body is yet to be saved. That's why, amen, when Christ comes, our body is going to be changed into a glorified body. All right. Hallelujah. So if you're saved, Jesus has given you the ability to turn sin off and righteousness on. Hallelujah. We can say no to sin and yes to righteousness. Anybody remember before you got saved? I, I, I know it was with me. Before I got saved, I used to have a can't help it. Anybody else remember that time when you had the can't help it? Now, now some of you have tried to bring the can't help it into the church. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, amen, that, that ain't under the blood. Amen. When I wasn't saved, I had the can't help it. And, and it's interesting how that thing worked. Uh, but, uh, you know, we knew how to act right around our parents because we were scared of them. <laughs> anybody remember? Anybody like that? Yeah. Amen. Certain things I didn't do around my parents because I was scared of them. But after I got away from them, all bets was off. <laughs> Hallelujah. Had to can't help us. And some things that I that I didn't want to do and said, well, I ain't, I'm, I'm, I'm a slack up. I ain't going to do that no more. But but I heard Paul say it like this, amen, the thing that uh, I would, I would not, and the thing that I didn't want to do, that's what I found myself doing. That was in sin. But, 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 but when we received so great a salvation, it gave us the ability to turn sin off and to turn righteousness on. We can say no to sin and yes to righteousness. Amen. We can say no to Satan's agenda and yes to God's. Now the reason some are struggling is because the devil, amen, knows how to bring stuff that you still like. That's, the, that's why we talk about the saving of the soul. Amen. There's some appetites that we developed and some habits that we developed. And if we're not careful, amen, uh, the devil bring them back. And, 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 and you can't be tempted with something that you don't like. Chitlins don't tempt me at all. Y'all can bring all of the plates of chitlins by me that you want to. It will not move me one bit. And some of and, and, and all of you have certain things that people you know talk about and, and, and what have you, and they bring it around you and it won't move you one bit. But there are some things that'll move me. There's some things I still like. Amen. My 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 uh, uh, motto is I like it, but it don't like me. <laughs> some things you have to do in moderation, and there's some things that you just have to you, you just have to exercise your will and say, uh uh, that is not going to have power over me. God in see, uh, people think when you say. 
you can't do wrong. You remember what I told you? Your body is not saved. Your body's not saved. It's your spirit that was born again. Your soul, if you cooperate, is in the process of being saved. Your body's not saved. God has redeemed this flesh yet. And that's why you've got to exercise control over your flesh. That's why Paul said it like this. Amen. I keep my body, what? Under subjection. Amen. I make it be subject to me, lest I preach to others, and I myself become a castaway. Hallelujah. Talking about what's so great about our salvation. Hallelujah. And so, uh, amen. What's so great about it is the price that was paid. Jesus paid the price. Amen. He gave his blood. It cost him his life. His life blood. In Revelations 1 and 5, it says there, uh, Revelation 1 and 5, uh, Christian Standard uh, Bible says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood. Jesus Shed his precious blood to set us free from our sins. You don't hear many people praying uh, uh, prayers, but you know what? We need to uh, uh, some stuff. We need to we 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 need to bring it back. Say it with me: the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. There's power. In the blood. Amen. There's certain times, certain situations that you'll face as a child of God. You take your refuge and say, the blood is against you. You have to remind the devil, the blood is against you, Satan. Hallelujah. Can't come under the blood. They talk about, they talk about, I'm going back a while, but they start doing some retro commercials where they start bringing MC Hammer back. Anybody see MC Hammer in, I think, one of the Super Bowl commercials or something? Amen. Where he talk about can't touch this. Amen. You, you want to talk about can't touch this. Amen. Plead the blood of Jesus. Let the devil know you can't touch this. My God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. Thank you, Lord. Glory to his name. Amen. So when we look back over there in uh, Hebrews 2 and 10, uh, Hebrews 2 and 10, for in bringing many souls to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God uh, that God all things exist for him and through him should make the source of their salvation perfect through suffering. Yes. This verse here, uh, I, I, want us to, I want us to focus on it a little bit. I, I, I want to say just a couple things. Amen. For in bringing many sons to glory. You see, the, the, at the shedding, uh, uh, what, what Christ suffered, what Christ suffered for us on the cross, amen, he did that to bring many sons and daughters to glory. And it was entirely appropriate that, uh, that God, all things exist for him, amen. Uh, uh, it was entirely appropriate. Uh, when we get into the mystery of salvation, uh, and, and, and many times we begin to wonder that through him, should make the source of their salvation perfect through suffering. I want you to look at the, the, that, that phrase at the end. Uh, to make the source of their salvation perfect through 
suffering. And I want to talk to you about a mystery. And, and, and the mystery that I want to talk with you about that, that many of us don't understand, many, when, I, when I say many of us, a lot of us don't understand, one, one of the things uh, that we don't understand, we don't understand the relationship that suffering has in the kingdom of God. We don't understand it. And, and you know, uh, and, and one thing that I know, God is greater than we are. God uh, is, is, is on a whole nother level than we are. God is so much wiser than we are. But if I would ask probably anybody sitting here, if I would ask you, if you ruled the world, if you were in charge for a day, and you could get rid of anything or, or that, that you wanted to get rid of, Amen. There probably would be a list that you have. But I would venture to say on your list would probably be suffering. You probably want to get rid of suffering all over the world. And it's because we don't understand the purpose and the reason behind suffering. And, and, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not going to be able to explain it to you. Because I ain't that good. But one thing that I can say in looking at the scripture. Amen. When I look at the scripture. Uh, I recognize that there is a place that suffering plays. And there is a reason that God allows suffering to take place in the world. And, 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 and this interesting Suffering in the, in the lives of a believer has a different outcome than suffering in the lives of an unbeliever. And the reason that I know that is because those that are not saved, when they begin to suffer, and I can show you instances in the Bible, when tribulation and judgment came on those that were not saved, and they began to suffer, they cursed God. Instead of drawing closer to God, they cursed God. But notice what it says in our text here, Hebrews 2 and 10, that he should make the source of their salvation what? Perfect. Talking about Jesus. How was Jesus made perfect? He was already perfect. He came perfect. I, 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 I see you, somebody said, Pastor, you, you, you're going down the road, you're going to get us stuck. He came perfect. He was already perfect. But when he became fully human, when he became a man, he was fully man and fully God. But there... As the God-man and the source of our salvation, he was made perfect through suffering. That's why I say that, that there's something about suffering uh, that we don't fully understand. And, and, and something that I saw in the scripture, and, 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 and not only was Christ made perfect through suffering, but uh, something else that I, I, I recognize, and, and, and there was a verse I read earlier, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to make you mad. I want you, you to, you know, try to kick me out of the church. But the <laughs> <laughs> Bible also said that he learned of, of obedience through suffering. There's a, there's a relationship to suffering in the life of a child of God. That, that in, in, in the wisdom of God, God knows that sometimes we're better off when we go through. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, 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 and the verse I read earlier was talking about, let me, 
let me see if I can go back to it. Uh, verse that I read earlier there. Hallelujah. Second Peter or First Peter two twenty four. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sin, we might live for righteousness. You have been healed by his wounds. Uh, a lot of us are familiar with the uh, rendering in the King James or uh, New King James that said, "By his stripes." We were healed. Yeah. And it's true. But many of us take that scripture to mean that anytime I get sick in my body, I can just claim by his stripes I'm healed and expect for healing to come. And there's a doctrine that's preached, and many of us grew up in church, and we heard it expounded over and over again. By his stripes, he was, and, 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 and it, it is scripture in, 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 in over in Isaiah. It talks about he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we we're healed. And there's a doctrine that's preached from that that all we've got to do is claim and that we're going to have healing manifested in our body. Now, you can claim it, but there are awful lot, there's an awful lot of sickness that we see. There's an awful lot, and I, and I, I don't know if some of you all have recognized, but uh, uh, and, and I don't know, maybe it's just seasons, but there's an awful lot of death, sickness and death that's taking place, not just only in the world, but in the body of believers. And there are an awful lot of believers who are sick. And I'm, and I'm not just talking about uh, uh, pretenders, I'm talking about believers who have issues in their bodies and who know the scripture by his stripes we're healed. And if you let the word of faith movement uh, uh, influence you, they'll make you think that the, the reason you don't have the results is because you don't have the faith. And I've got members of my family that I know have faith. You can't tell me they didn't have faith. I saw my mother go through believing God for her healing. For years. She believed God. And at the latter stages, when uh, breast cancer had reoccurred, after believing God by faith for over probably 10 or 15 years. Saw the evidence of it herself, but she said, I'm believing God. And, and, and finally uh, had to have something done about it surgically and, and, and remission for uh, a number of years. And, and, and it came back again. And I remember conversations sitting in, in, or with her. And uh, she said, I'm believing God for my healing. By his stripes, I'm healed. And toward the latter stages, she said, well, if you don't heal me, that's all right. Amen. I know I'm going to be with him. Amen. Uh, and, and I'll be healed then. Amen. If it's not on this side that I receive it, I'm going to receive it on the other side. Amen. I know my Redeemer living. And I'm going to see him face to face. So, so what I'm talking about is that 
and, and what we, and see, I, I, I laid the foundation for it earlier. When we receive, remember what I said, when you receive salvation, salvation is received in your spirit. Your spirit is born again. Your spirit is saved. Amen. Your, your soul is in the process of being saved. Your body is not saved. This body is not saved. This body is deteriorating. Amen. And, 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 and decay is happening and, and, and what have you. Now God, and, and understand this and hear what I'm saying clearly. God in his sovereign will does do miracles. God in his sovereign will has healed people. Some of us have experienced God in his sovereign will and experienced the healing uh, uh, manifestation of God in our bodies. And we know it, and, and, and we know it for ourselves. God healed me. Yes. Amen. God healed me. So I'm not saying God's not healing, but what I am saying is that when we see the scripture here, He Himself bore our, bore our sins in His body on the tree, so that having died to sin, we might live for righteousness. You have been healed by His wounds. When Christ died on the tree. To bring about our redemption. All I'm saying. Is that. We've got a taste of it. We've got a down payment of it. We, we, haven't, we haven't realized the full redemption. And that uh, when Christ comes back for the church. And, and, and we're changed. In a moment. In a twinkling of an eye. See there was another conversation I had with my wife. And we were talking. Because uh, 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 I don't want to leave you stuck. I, I want you to be informed. Uh, it was a conversation we were having and we were talking about, and she asked me a question about Adam and Eve in the garden. And uh, I, I don't remember exactly what her question was, uh, but she was talking about before sin, uh, you know, uh, they were naked. And, and, and when they ate of the fruit, all of a sudden then they realized they was naked. And I told her, I said, well, the scripture doesn't say it precisely. I say, but I believe that before sin came into the world, they had a, a covering, a spiritual covering. I believe they had a spiritual covering. I believe, because stop and think about it. Amen. Lush gardens and trees. And if you're walking around naked in the woods and don't have no protection, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on now. I, I, I just don't believe that they was walking around naked all the time, and 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 all of a sudden, when sin came, then you naked. You are too. I believe that they had a covering. That that, that there was a spiritual covering. Amen. That they had that 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 uh, 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 a glorified suit, if you will. I can't give you scripture for it. I'm just telling you what I believe. And I believe that when they sinned, they lost it. And that's why all of a sudden they said, you're naked. And And what was the first thing that they tried to do? They tried to make a covering. Tried to make a covering. And when God comes back and we're changed... Amen. Uh, we're going to receive the, the, the full payment, the full redemption. When we have that, we're going to have a glorified body. Amen. And there's not going to be any more sickness. There's not going to be any more disease. I'll be able to take these. Amen. You're walking with a stick, you'll be able to take it. Amen. Glorified body. We don't have a glorified body now. Amen. We're still, amen, uh, uh, it's been paid for and it's waiting for us. So so what all I'm saying is that uh, I believe that 
lives of some believers, in the lives of some believers, amen, God in his infinite wisdom allows suffering. If Jesus had to suffer, what about us? Now, Jesus suffered persecution. Jesus suffered uh, uh, torment and beating on the cross. He didn't suffer sickness in his body. Amen. Because he, he, he came from where they have glorified bodies. And I believe when sickness and disease tried to touch him, amen. Remember we were talking about that blood earlier? Can't touch this. That's why they had to kill him. And he allowed himself to die. And, and, and so uh, that scripture that talks about you have been healed by his wounds. It's not just talking only about physical. But what we have to do is we have to identify with his death on the cross. And, and, and when we identify with his death on the cross, whether it's emotional healing. Amen. Whether it's relational healing. Amen. Whether it's physical healing. Uh, and recognizing we've got a down payment, but we don't have the full uh, uh, payment and won't have the full payment until God comes in, amen, and, 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 and changes the order in this world. Yeah. Do, do you all understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Hallelujah. You all getting anything out of this? Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Perfect through suffering. So, so... Uh, one of the things, if you're going through something right now, amen, if you're going through something right now, uh, you need to determine, is this something uh, that the devil has brought on me that I need to rebuke and, 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 and call upon the blood of Jesus to get it off of me? Or is this something that God has allowed to perfect me? And if this is something that God is saying that's going to perfect me, then God give me the wisdom of how to go through. I believe God will give you the grace. Amen. Of how to grow through. Amen. Let me wrap this up. Amen. We're talking about what's so great about our salvation. What's so great about our salvation. Amen. It's great because of his power. Hallelujah. It's great because of his power. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The transforming power of Amen. Of our salvation. It's got transforming power. Somebody say power. power. Amen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, amen, he, she, amen, uh, uh, is a new creation. Old things have passed away and look, new things have come. All things have become new. Thank God for the transforming power of our salvation. Amen. Talking about what's so great about our salvation. Amen. It's great because of, I'm going to introduce a word, it's called purview. In parenthesis, it means the scope, the depth, the depth, the width of it. Amen. We, 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 don't, we, we don't have a shallow salvation. Amen. We don't have a narrow salvation. Amen. We've got a, an extensive salvation. Amen. The scope and the reach of our salvation. Amen. You, 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 you don't limit God. Hear what I said? Don't, don't, don't limit. Don't limit what God can do. Amen. Don't limit him. Amen. Our salvation is great because of its purview, its scope. Hebrews 2 and 9, it said, but we do see Jesus made a little lower than the angels for a short time so that by God's grace, he might taste death for everyone. Crowned with glory and honor because of his suffering and death. Amen. Jesus took the sting out of death. Amen. Jesus, amen, took on death, tasted death for us. Amen. Death for the believer is not like death for the world. The Bible said precious in the sight of God is the death of his saints. Yes. Hallelujah. Massive in his scope. Amen. Massive in his scope. He was made a little lower than the angels. What is it talking about? It's talking about when he came down as a man. Remember I said he was very man and very God. 
amen, uh, 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 step down and uh, for a time that he might. And, and the reason he had to become a man, because he had to take a penalty that we were going to have to take. And he was not able to take it as God, but he could do it as the God man. Oh, what, what, what great salvation we have. Amen. And it will save. Somebody tell me, amen, say with me, it saves. Amen. Folk want to act hard-hearted and, amen, uh, 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 you know, uh, they, they, they want to act uncaring and, Amen. They want to make you think that the word don't work. The word works. The word works. The word works. It will save. It'll save the rich. Like Zacchaeus. Some of us think rich folk don't need to be saved. They need to be saved. Amen. And when he saved the rich, if they stole, amen, they'll stop stealing and will restore back to the people they stole from. Ask Zacchaeus about it. It'll save the ruin. Amen. There was a Samaritan woman that had a ruined reputation. Hallelujah. I said there was a Samaritan woman that had a ruined reputation. And do you know what Jesus did with a woman with a ruined reputation? He turned her into a missionary. In her own city. Turned her to an evangelist in her own city. When the last time you drove drove by uh, the... uh, what they call it? The strip. You know where the prostitutes hang out at? When the last time you drove by there and looked at one of them and thought, you know what, that might be a missionary. That might be an evangelist. That's what Jesus did. Amen. This gospel saves. You see, some of us, a lot of times we have our picks and chooses. We're looking for folk we think are good enough to be saved. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Not only did, amen, a ruin, amen, did it save a a woman with a ruined reputation, amen, it saved a religious leader like Nicodemus. Hallelujah. It saved a rebellious son like the prodigal. And, 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 And when I look around, Amen. Anybody saved in the house? It saved us. Amen. It saved us. Revelation Revelation 22 and 7. It says, both the spirit and the bride say come. And anyone who hears should say come. And the one who is thirsty should come. And whosoever desires should take the living waters as a gift. Amen. As I close, amen, the operative word. What's so great about our salvation? I told you this is not an exhaustive message. Amen. But I just hit a few key points about, amen, what's so great about our salvation. And if you have not tasted it for yourself. Amen. My word to you is, amen, the word that we see in Revelation 22 and 17. Amen. You ought to come. You ought to come. Amen. As they set up and bring the table, as we're going to close out with communion. Amen. We're going to make the appeal right before.